Hello and welcome to a somewhat slightly different episode of Talk Ports. This week I'm going to be joined by Johnny Dunlop once again. However, it's going to be a little bit different as due to a conflict in scheduling this week, we were unable to convene and record a show. So what we've done is Johnny's recorded a few sound bites. I've recorded a few sound bites. They're going to be pieced together. Hopefully they're going to fit like a jigsaw. We're going to try to make as much sense as we possibly can. There's plenty to talk about. So bear with us, folks. Hopefully this will be nice and fluid for you all. It's been absolutely horrendous weather here in Northern Ireland over the past few days. But for any Portadown fan, I think this horrendous weather doesn't even compare to the whirlwind that's been going on at the club over the past few weeks. We have plenty to talk about. There's been a few games since we last met on the show. There's been a managerial outgoing. There's been a managerial incoming. Plenty to digest. But before we get into that... I'd just like to say, if you could like and subscribe to the Airports TV YouTube channel, that would be greatly appreciated. And on top of that, you'll be able to find us on a variety of different podcast platforms, Spotify, Anchor, Google, Apple, etc., etc. So now that I've got those dignitaries out of the way, we'll dive straight into it. So since the last show, Portadown have been defeated 3-1 at home to Newry. We were defeated... 4-0 away to Crusaders and we also lost 4-0 away to Corian. Now from a personal standpoint I was immeasurably disappointed in the Newry game and I think one of the reasons why I was so disappointed was the fact that even though Newry you know won fair and square in the end and you know but it was disappointing in the sense that Portadown actually had the chances to win the game and that was the frustrating thing about it. And I actually thought Portadown generally played well in the first half and stuff. And then we got a, off to a great start in the second half. You know, Alberto Balde scored. And then within a couple of minutes, we gave away an absolutely ridiculous penalty. And we just threw it away from there. And we missed great chances before that. So I was really disappointed after that because Nuri is a team that was going to be in that sort of mini-league at the bottom of us. They still are technically, of course, and there's still a long way to go, but that was a massive win for them and what could have been a massive win for us. So I was really disappointed by the end of that because I felt like it was a game that we could have won and we threw it away, essentially. And obviously we got sucker punched right at the end and all. But that was really disappointing. And I think that was a game where we were crying out for an out-and-out striker. And the reality is, and listen... There's been a lot of stick levelled at the board and recruitment policies and whatnot from the summer. And I can understand why. Like, I do get it because that was a game there where if we had a had an out-and-out striker, I think we'd have won that game because we missed far too many guilt-edge chances, a couple of one-on-ones and stuff. And the reality is, if you don't take your chances, you don't score goals. If you don't score goals, you don't win games. So I was really disappointed at the end of the Newry game. And... People are asking questions, you know, what what's happening here? You know, it, it's as if we're on a slide. The following week against Crusaders, again, you know, you hear stories of discontent behind the scenes, you know, amongst the players or whatnot. And, um, and I don't want to even dive into that far too much. But again, it, it's not working on the pitch. Um, I, 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 like, I mean, I don't think Crusaders have ever had an easier game at CV, to be perfectly honest. And 
Crusaders have never been a team that's associated with playing like really good football and knocking the ball about and you know skinning players and smashing in great goals and stuff. But they were able to do it that day, like, and to me that just sort of showed how off the pace Portadown were. And that's no disrespect to Crusaders. Crusaders are a very good side, but that's not the style of football that they're usually associated with. But they were excellent that day, and Portadown were just dreadful. And that's reality, and that might sound very harsh, but that's that's the way I saw it. And subsequently, Paul Doolan has lost his job on the back of those games, and then he's been replaced by Niall Curry, who's here for his second stint at the club. Uh, he took over there last week, took on Corey in a way on Saturday, which is a very hard place to go, and... Ultimately, it was a comfortable win for Corian in the end. But I think Niall has to be backed properly from the board. And I really hope he's rightfully backed by the fan base because he's a local man. You know, he'll not want to see Portadown get relegated. Nobody does. Nobody wants us to get relegated. Hopefully, you know, we can still make a fight of this and stay up. Are the club thinking with Niall coming in with an eye on next season if we were to go down? Possibly. Obviously, I can't answer that question. But he is a successful manager. He has proven that. He's done a phenomenal job at Carrick Rangers. You know, he's had success at Ards, Lockall. He was doing a terrific job at Dundella there. And I really hope he's given the opportunity to, to show that at Portadown. His hands were tied the first time he was at the club. And it didn't work out for both parties. Ultimately, I always feel like he was a bit hard done by. But he's went the way. He'll have learned from mistakes he made. The club have went the way. Hopefully, they'll have made um, amends with the mistakes they have made. And it all works out into one big happy broth, so to speak. Um, and, you know, he's proven with other clubs. So, fingers crossed. Like, with Nile. Um, from interviews I've seen, he's a very confident man. You know, he's a, a brilliant man motivator. And I really hope that translates in, uh, onto the pitch at Portadown. And, yeah, like, it's, it is, it, it is, like, of course it's nerve-wracking that because, you know, the club is down at, at the bottom of the league. and But, you know, I always feel when the new manager comes in that there's a bit of buzz as well. So, Hopefully, you know, that, that, that is what's going to happen here. And um, he, he, he can get, um, he can hit the ground running, you know, pretty quick. But Niall will be looking at January and be looking to bring in new players and stuff. But obviously, we've got to get through November and December first before he can bring in his own players. And I'm sure there'll be a few incomings and a few outgoings as well. So, yeah, um, hopefully things work out well for Niall. Now, as I said, we've been doing things a little bit differently this week. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to pass you to Johnny, who is feeling a bit under the weather. So he's going to then provide his thoughts on um, what what went wrong for Paul and, you know, what hopefully will go right for Niall Curry here. Thanks. Excuse me and my croaky horse voice. Um, no, I think Niall's a, you know, he's a good, steady Appointment. It's been very obvious. We've all been shouting out for to suppose that we needed somebody that knows the league explicitly, 
knows the players within the league, knows how to wheel and deal in the transfer market. Um, he's a motivator. Um, there's also that feeling on Niles' part, I suppose, of unfinished business. Um, he wants to, you know, correct the wrongs of his previous tenure with us. He made that clear in the, in the interview that he'd done a day or two after he was appointed. You know, he feels he's matured, he feels he's changed. Um, you know, he admits that he probably tried to listen to too many people in his last spell here. And now he wants to go, you know, listen to himself, make his own decisions and not be influenced too much by outside noise. Um, when you look at who was out there, <clears throat> I think everything just led led to Nile. Um, I think as a football club, we need to be realistic at the moment regarding who who wants the manager's job at Shamrock Park and who's available. Um, you know, I heard different names bonded about when when Paul left. Um, but you know, I think all roads led to Nile. You know, people that spoke about a, a Dean Smith or even a Shane McGurgan at at the Anna. Um, but those player, those two managers, I think, are ingrained in those two clubs, and I don't think leave for the pressure cooker of Shamrock Park and Portadown. Somebody like a Rodney McRae doesn't leave a full time job at Glentorn as a coach to come to Portadown. Um, we have said, as I said, there we minute or two ago, we need somebody that knows the league, knows the players, and I think you know that rules out. A Martin Russell, for instance, or it rules out somebody from from England or a Darren Kelly or anybody like that of any Arkans. You know, you need somebody that knows the league. So I think you know Nile's a perfect appointment. He'll motivate the players to get the best out of the players that he can, and I think there's no better man to do a bit of wheeling dealing in the January transfer window than Nile. Um, you know, I, I was sad to see Paul leave, but ultimately, I think. You know his his position had probably become untenable. Um, I think it was the correct decision. It's always a risk whenever uh, you know a player that has had a successful career as a player at that football club returns as a manager. You know they run the risk of, of tainting their playing career. It's always uh, the last thing that they've done at the football club, whether it's been a, a player or a manager that sort of sticks with supporters. You know Paul had been here. He won the double part of that iconic. 1991 double winning team returned for a second spell a couple of years later and won a couple of trophies as well so I hope you know supporters you know remember those those achievements and how good he was as a player for us it obviously didn't work out um his management spell although he you know he came in last season and you know and kept us up you know so that shouldn't be forgotten um it's just the overhaul in the summer, you know, the squad was sort of tore apart and started to gain. And ultimately his business in the in the summer transfer market um has unfortunately let him down. And it's why he's no longer the manager of Portland Football Club. It's no easy job, it's no easy feat. You know, never has there been such a gap between the haves and haves nots in the in the, the premiership. You know, there is that Feeling that you know we are still in that wee mini league. I would have thought it was a, a mini league of four. It is probably now a mini league of three of ourselves, Dungan and Swifts and, and Uri City. 
So it's trying to finish top of that mini league is a successful season. But, you know, with only one point to show after a full round of matches, I don't think Paul can have any complaints. Um, but he's, he was a gentleman, very personable, very friendly, always a time for everybody. And I'm sorry it didn't work out for him. I really wish it had. I think we also, you know, have to remember too sometimes, you know, the, the board get a, you know, a, a bit of stick. But going back to management appointments, you know, we all wanted, the supporters wanted Matthew Tipton. The board delivered him as a manager. The board wanted um, Niall Curry the first time around and, and the board delivered on that. And, the, you know, the majority of the fans wanted Paul as well, whenever he came in and capped us up. You know, so to that end, I don't think the board can take any criticism regarding their, their, managerial, their management appointments. It's just unfortunate that they haven't worked out. Yeah, But as I say, you know, I think probably the difficult thing for Paul was he was coming into a league that he didn't really know. He didn't really know a lot of the players within the league and probably relied on on other people to, to help him with that. So, you know, as disappointing as it was, uh, you know, I think Paul, as I say, I think his position had become untenable. But he certainly leaves with, with my best wishes and my thanks for what he'd done when he was at the club in regards to keeping us up last season. Over the last three games, are the, the Newry... Crusaders and Korean game. Um, there's very, very few positives. I can't think of any positives, to be honest with you. Possibly a goal, scoring a goal, scoring a Premiership goal, and a different goal scorer, aside from Jordan Jenkins or Oshin Condy, with Alberto getting his, his first goal of the season. Bar that, though. No positives at all to take from those three games. Did we expect Anderson against Korean and Crusaders? Let's be honest, we didn't. Probably not. The Newry game was a better, better blow. Um, not to get something from that after going one 0 up and then went one 0 up and less than two, three minutes later, you know, Newry have a penalty and an equaliser, and then the thing goes to pieces. Um, I think we showed how fragile we are. Uh, you know, the, I meant mentally fragile we are as well you know uh, to me uh, as soon as you're equalised everybody in the ground is thinking the same thing you know this is only going to go one way but um, you know very few positives to take with the Newry game being a, a better blow Newry you know the games against Crusaders and Korean aren't going to define your season don't get me wrong but losing to Newry is a game that probably does define your season, those sorts of games against your Newries, your Dungannon Swifts and your Clark Rangers, you need to be getting points on the board from that especially at Shamrock Park so, a better blow not to get something from that Newry game Thanks for that Johnny so, Portadown have a host of games coming up here, and um, we have Limfield at home on Saturday followed by Carrick Rangers away on Tuesday Lauren at home and Carrick Rangers away the following Saturday. Now, those are four big, big games. And my viewpoint going into them is we have to get points on the board. It's as simple as that. Um, I mean, when you're sitting rock bottom of the league, do you know what? I know a draw you know, might be good here and there, but the reality is you need to win a game because 
it's only when you get three points do you start pulling closer to teams or hop teams. A draw here and there is not really going to be enough. So Linfield and Saturday, the champions, a wounded animal at the minute. They got back to winning ways there last Saturday in the league, you know, away to Newry. And then they won comfortably during the week against Anna. They're in the League Cup semi-final now. Are they going to hit, be hitting a run of form here? Who knows? I certainly hope not, going into the game with Porter Down. But I think from last season's performances against Linfield, you know, um, we, we drew with them at Shamrock Park and we ran them close in another game as well. We lost 3-2. And I really do think Porter Down, if we're going to survive, need to make Shamrock Park a fortress. So, you know, it's going to be a very, very tough game against Linfield here. We have Lauren the following Saturday, and I know we've carried Rangers either side of that, but I'm going to touch them in a wee second. But we have Lauren at home next Saturday, and again, that's going to be a very difficult game because Lauren have started the season fantastically well, albeit they got a thumping the other night against Glentorn, but... You know, they're, they're in the mix at the minute, at the top of the league, and, you know, they're going to be chasing the three points down, and, you know, that's going to be another very difficult game. But, again, I know I've said it before a couple of times in the podcast, you know, I always feel like the teams in the top six that, you know, we can get at Lauren, and the games always seem to be close a lot of the times, especially at Shamrock Park. So, you know, you'd be looking at that and going, can we get something against Lauren, hopefully? But... The two games, either side of Lauren, Carrick Rangers, both of them away from home, they are absolutely huge now. Carrick have have had a fantastic start to the season again. And like they're miles ahead of us at the minute. And that was a team that, you know, we all expected to be in and around us this season again. And you know, People are, can say about the recruitment and whatnot, and I totally get it. And, you know, you can see the difference. You know, Carrick, you know, have, have exp- signed Irish League experienced players like Sir Curtis Allen, and he's been phenomenal for them. They've got Andy Mitchell on loan from Lauren. Again, the man seems to be scoring screamers every other weekend. You know, things like this, it, it, it make a massive difference, and they're doing very, very well at the minute. But they'll be looking at us and going here, this is a chance for us to get six points on the board. But... The reality is it poured it down. <laughs> like, we need to get six points on the board, so, you know, it has the makings of a good game. Our record at Carrick in recent years has been nothing short of disastrous. So, you know, Niall Curry managed there for a while. He did a, a, tr- a tremendous job, and, you know, I'm hoping that he'll be able to work something out here, you know, to, to get us to win, because, by heck, we need to win these games. And... Um, if Portland could get six points on the road against Carrick, it would be a, a, a fantastic achievement, but it'll be a really, really hard thing to do because they are put, playing really, really well at the minute. But the reality is, if you want to get out of this relegation scrap, you need to beat the teams in and around you. And I know they're uh, well clear at the minute, but they're a team that would have, that, you know, the last few years have been in and around us. And if you want to, like, pull clear, you're going to have to beat them. It's as simple as that. So, fingers crossed. Um, we can get something that's going to be a very difficult game, you know, next Tuesday night. You know, I'm sure it'll be wet. I'm sure it'll be windy. But the reality is we need to win. And uh, hopefully we can... Hopefully we can... Um, we can do so. I think from Niall Curry coming in and he's brought the likes of Hart Beverland back in, I think that's a very astute move. Um, that was... 
one of the things where I just couldn't wrap my head around how hard Beverland hadn't been starting games this season. And one of the things that I actually suggested when I was on a guest on the Korean podcast last week, talking about the Korean Portadown game that was coming up last weekend, I suggested if I was manager, I would actually play Lee Upton, Paddy McNally and Hard Beverland at the back together. And then on Saturday, that's actually how we lined up. Not that I'm taking any credit, of course, and I very much doubt Niall Curry was listening to the show, but you know, you never know. Um, you know, I was I was very good at championship manager back in the day. But having hard in there, an experienced player, a warrior, a battler, like it's I'm so pleased he's back in and playing away to the likes of Carrick on a Tuesday night, which will be very difficult. It's gonna to have to be dogged, we're gonna to have to be determined. Having someone in there like Hard Beverland, I, I I really think that that'll help us. So I'm very pleased about that there. But big games coming up, you know, we, we need to need to stick together and, and hopefully we can we can get some points on the board. So as I said, Johnny, he's gonna he's gonna fire his video as uh we audio clip in here and uh give you his thoughts on the, the games that are coming up here. Take it away, Johnny. So the next four games, uh Linfield on Saturday, then a double header against Carrick Rangers and then the game against Lorne. Again, you know, Linfield and Lorne games you get added from them as a bonus. You know, the team need to be going and you know thinking they can get something from them. Last season and the season before, you know, we managed draws at home to those big teams, and that's helped us get us over the line, particularly last season, um, getting that playoff spot. So why you don't expect to to be beating a Linfield or Lauren? You need to go in to make yourself difficult to beat. Like I said, previous seasons we were able to nick nick draws or even beat Lauren. You know, at Shamrock Park, so we need to go in with that same sort of mentality. I know things have changed. We're, we're in a wretched run of form. So, you know, it, it, to get something from those games would be a bonus. The double header against Carrick are, are big games. Carrick have had a, you know, a decent start to the season. As I was saying earlier on, I used to class them as an are we mini league. I think they're, they've pulled themselves away from that. However, last season, I thought that as well. And then they dropped like a stone for a big chunk of the season and they ended up getting dragged back back into things down at the bottom end of the table. So who knows? I'm sure now we'll have the team fired up for those games against Kirk. We point to prove there as well for now. He's already beat Kirk this season as manager of Dundala in the County Antrim Shield. So uh, you know I'm sure he'll have the, the, the team fired up for that one. Am I more confident now going into those Kirk games? than I would have been two, three weeks ago. I would say yes. Although as a poor down fan, I'm sure like the rest of us, I'm not confident going into any game at the moment. But those are the sorts of, that game against Carrick, you want to be getting some sort of points on the board, or whether it be a pick up a draw. You know, Taylor's Avenue is a difficult place to go. For us particularly. I think our last win down there was, um, what, round about 20... 2016, I think. We haven't won down there since then. We've had a couple of Haydens, a couple of Duffins down there. I think also last year we went 2-0 up down at Taylor's Avenue and then ended up, once Kirk went down to 10 men, ironically enough, they got back into the game. I managed to get a draw, but maybe Kirk could even have won it at the death. 
So you know those two card games are, are massive games. You want to be coming out of these games with you know something. You know uh, these are another four games that pass by without any points. You know uh, it is looking, it is looking grim. Before we wrap the show up, I just want to touch on the Northern Ireland managerial situation at the minute. Ian Barraclough, of course, has left his post there a couple of weeks ago. Who's going to replace him? There's numerous people being linked with a job. Me personally, I would go for Neil Lennon. But whether that happens remains to be seen. He is who I would go for. But the rumour mill seems to suggest that Michael O'Neill is going to make his return. Now, I just want to throw my sixpence in. I personally think it could be a mistake, and I really hope I'm wrong. Michael O'Neill did an unbelievable job with Northern Ireland. We got to the Euros, you know, we, we got to a World Cup playoff. And I don't want those good memories to be tarnished, his legacy to be tarnished, if we can't get the job done in this group. Do I expect Northern Ireland to qualify from this group? No, not at all. I don't. And that's not even me being negative. I think I'm being realistic. I think a lot of Northern Ireland fans think, oh, Michael O'Neill's going to come in and everything's going to be great again. But the reality is, when Northern Ireland were doing so well under Michael O'Neill, we had Chris Brunt, Ollie Norwood, peak Steve Davis, peak Johnny Evans, Michael McGovern in Nets, Gareth McCauley, Aaron Hughes, Chris Baird, experienced Premier League or Championship players that were playing regular football. We do not have that now. And that's my one worry about it. If Michael O'Neill comes back, I will 100% get behind him. But I think Ian Barraclough has lost his job effectively on the back of how that draw went the other week where we've been drawn in a group where people would look at and go, oh, here, that's a group that we could get out of because realistically it could have been a whole lot worse. But I also think a lot of people are underestimating these clubs. Sorry, not clubs, nations. And I just am not convinced, even with Michael O'Neill, that we will effectively get second in the group. I hope I'm wrong and I hope everything works out and we do qualify because it would be absolutely amazing, but I don't expect us to. And I think expectations need to be lowered a bit because this isn't 2014 whenever we went on that amazing run and it culminated and it's getting in the Euros like I just I th- I just think people I think in the Northern Ireland fan base nowadays expect far too much when the reality is in my opinion we don't have the players anymore we don't have players that play regular Premier League football we, we just don't and a lot of our players are playing like League One football and stuff like I mean I just I just hope if Michael O'Neill comes back and it doesn't work out that people don't look down on his achievements, so to speak. I'm just worried from that aspect. That's just my personal opinion. There'll be other people who have a totally different opinion. I personally would go for Neil Lennon, but I would get behind whoever they appoint. But they can take their time with this. We have until March when the, the next set of qualifiers are... And um, it'll be interesting to see who, by that time, is the new Northern Ireland manager. But I always feel that Ian Barraclough was on a hiding to nothing because of what happened before with Michael O'Neill. 
And has Ian Barclough made mistakes? Of course he has. Sometimes a bit too negative and stuff. Sometimes I actually feel like Northern Ireland, we're not great defensively anymore, so we might as well just have a go and see what happens. You know, risk um, risk a few things and just try and get an early goal up. But that was always my um, gripe with it. Um, but I also do think we need to move on because there's certain players that were continually getting called up that haven't produced either at club level or international level for a long, long time, and it's time to move on from that. And um, I'm hoping that whenever the new manager comes in, whoever that may be, that um, that is the case and we can get going again. But I just think the expectations are far too high now with Northern Ireland because, like I said, the reality is we just don't have the players anymore. Um, and, um, yeah, there we go. So Johnny is going to give you his thoughts on Northern Ireland as well now. Take it away, Johnny. So in regards to the Northern Ireland manager position, um, firstly I think it's correct that Ian Barclough went, I uh, don't think he pulled up any trees, should have done better in the Nations League campaign, wasn't really any sign of progress, I know there's injuries and, and different different factors but I think it's the right decision in regards to who comes in, names bandied about, you know, David Healy, Neil Lennon, Stephen Robinson, Tommy Wright, Grant McCann, so he would like to put it down job. At the moment, you know, supporters need to be realistic about who would want it and who's available as well. If it was me, I'm sort of torn between Grant McCann and Tommy Wright, to be honest. I think probably, look, Tommy Wright has, has punched above his weight at any of the teams that he's managed. You know, he, he won the League Cup of Distillery, ironically beating Portadown, but, you know, they were underdogs, real outsiders, won it. In regards to the bigger, obviously bigger and better things, you know, winning trophies with St. Johnson as well. No main feat in the league or, you know, in a country where the old firm have a monopoly and all the prizes for any other teams outside the old firm to win trophies, you know, is, is a massive thing. So, you know, he's used to being that underdog, working with with players that maybe aren't, uh, you know, as technically gifted as what he's going and, you know, competing against. But at the end of the day, he gets the best out of them. And, you know, arguably, you know, like I say, has won trophies with underdogs. And not too dissimilar with as what he's going to have to do with Northern Ireland. So, my choice would be Tommy Wright. So, there we go, folks. Thank you very much for tuning in, as always. Johnny, thank you very much for getting off your sickbed and uh, giving us your thoughts on a variety of different topics there. Big few weeks coming up for Portadown. Hopefully we can get a few points on the board. Good luck to Niall Curry and his uh, backroom staff as well. And um, yeah, I uh, yeah, don't really think I have much else to say. Um, of course, don't forget to like and subscribe to the Reports TV YouTube channel. And um, yeah, you can check us out on all the, the different podcast platforms. So yes, I shall let you go. And um, yes, have a great weekend, folks. And... Come on the ports. Cheers.